Welcome to Beer in a Movie, the podcast where we discuss the two greatest art forms known to humanity, beer and movie. Sometimes we achieve outstanding pairings, but other times we do have the opportunity to wash the terrible taste of failure from our mouths. I am one of two of your normal co-hosts. My name is Joe Hilliard. And I'm Dave Gurney. And we are joined by uh, a guy who's... David, you and I had the pleasure of of hanging out with him this weekend at we his baby shower, and there's only one. Well, I think they were they were saying it wasn't a baby shower; pamper it's party. a pamper party. Pamper party. <laughs> there's, you know, there's different variations on these celebrations, but but it is a, a celebration of life to come. Yes, it's yeah. the incomparable Josh DeLeon. Hey, yeah, thank y'all for coming. By the way, um, I I know we didn't get to hang out and talk too much, but. Uh, well, you were a busy man. Yeah, you're, I mean, you're man of the hour there. Man, yeah. the party from the first kid to now, I was like, oh, I have my own kid to chase around. And like, me and Laura were trading off. But yeah, no, we had beer and pampers. That's, yeah. that's what the, and the party delicious was. Barbecue. And some great barbecue. Yeah. Oh, the barbecue, yeah. yeah. And Brooke, Brooke, um, Brooke and Carlos made all the food. Carlos barbecued and Brooke Yeah, and he did a great job. Nice eat. to meet him. It was fun times. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but we have asked you here, Josh, to discuss uh, two of arguably the most demonic films of all time. We'll get into whether or not that's true. <laughs> but you brought us beer today, and I can't wait to see what you brought. Yeah, so this is um, Back from the Dead Porter. It's a, uh, uh, Jay, was it South Carolina? Yeah. I visited uh, my in-laws. They live in Myrtle Beach. So as I was telling David, my, thank you, my uh, father-in-law, he is not a craft beer drinker, but he, he drinks Bud Light, but he loves... The whole craft beer like community and the idea like, of it, yeah, the culture, and so he took me around to different shops that he frequents to buy a beer, and he got me drunk every night. Uh, <laughs> that's this, a good, that's yeah, a good father. Yeah. <laughs> so this one's a six point six six percentage. Yeah, it is a. You can't see it, but I'm sure you all post it. It's, it's like a bootleg Evil Dead beer. Basically, it's got an ash character with a chainsaw outside of the house. It is a porter, delicious. I had three of these. So night. we already know your feelings yeah. about this yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. Sorry, spoiler alert. No, I'm, I'm excited. It's fucking that... delicious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm it's excited we're going to get to try it. Uh, a brewery called Frothy Beard. It's our first time to visit them. That's always exciting. Yes. Uh, the cans uh, or the website says, this robust, this robust porter has a nice roasted malt character, lots of body, and a bit hop forward. We hope you enjoy this refreshing beverage. Let's get to it. All right. Ooh. This is exciting. And, and you're right. The can art is pretty cool. It's it's like a, a little like a cartoon version of Ash. Yeah, and, at uh, the cabin. Yeah, you got to love that, um, which is totally appropriate. Am I right or not? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well, I, I think so. We can probably figure out from the new releases that have come out over the last couple of weeks where we're going. I did want to take a whiff of this beer, though, before we get yeah, going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, nice pouring nice and dark like a porter should. Getting that roasty aroma yeah. right off the Sweetness. top. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Ooh, mm. I, th I think you've set us up for some success here, Josh. Yeah, this survived the air travel. I remember the last time I went to Massachusetts, I was gonna try to bring something back for y'all, and I was really scared because people were like, "No, it's gonna explode." <laughs> and so these two, y'all were very encouraging, of course, and these two, <laughs> these two made it back uh, yeah. safe. So. We're like, of course you can bring yeah. beer. <laughs> no, but I, yeah, I, I've I've traveled with beer before, and uh, you know, as long as you wrap it, I mean, they do occasionally a can will burst, but yeah. as long as you've wrapped it, put it in some plastic bag, Ziploc bags, yeah. and usually it doesn't get too contaminated throughout the yeah. suitcase. But yeah, I didn't realize either when I brought them when Evil Dead was coming out, and I was like, oh man, it's very very close. To yeah, it was so just, just a little kind of while ago. You were yeah. Away, yeah. So Josh, yeah. you're unable to join us on After Hours, but because our horror emperor, 
Kyle Ferguson joined us last week for Bo Was Afraid. He's going to be joining us on After Hours. Yeah. And if you're not an After Hours subscriber, we encourage you to do that at patreon.com slash beer and a movie podcast. Mm -hmm. So Evil Dead Rise is the film that we're going to be talking about. It's directed by Lee Cronin, who, as I understand it, I have not, I don't think any of us have seen his prior film that got him on the map. It's called... Uh, down in the well, the hole There's in a the hole ground. In my head, the hole in the ground. The hole Joe. in the ground, and I'm looking forward to actually going back and seeing that one after watching Evil Dead Rise. Um, Evil Dead Rise. Okay, let me let my preamble. I have not seen the remake Evil Dead from a few years ago, right? Um, and I don't know if this is. I'm going to say that I believe this is the first Evil Dead movie that doesn't take place, although it's bookended with a couple of scenes, in a cabin in a woods type of situation. Is that accurate? Correct, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I believe so. Well, although well, Army no. of Darkness Army is of kind Darkness. of... Okay, yeah. but, of course. But, it's, but it brings Ash right. from the cabin yeah. to... Yeah. yeah, sure. Okay, I'm with you then. So as far as just like the Deadites are here and taking us over one by one, this is not in a cabin. This is a single mother... Who has three, a newly single mother who has three children that lives in kind of a slummy apartment in Los Angeles. She's joined by her sister, who is a, uh, a road manager, a sound technician on a big tour. Um, and the there's an earthquake, right? While the kids are out getting pizza, yeah. the yeah. kid there's, opens a hole down in the uh, down into like a subterranean. A vault under the parking garage. Under the parking right? yeah. garage, the, the it had been a bank building at one time. They yeah, nicely yeah. they they set up. I I mean, well, you, I don't want to the, slow down your synopsis, but I will just before I forget say that this movie I think does one of the best jobs of doing those little like foreshadowing bits uh -huh. uh, without being so ridiculously right, over right, the right. top. Yeah, I mean Be the classic. Sorry, sorry, yeah, the classic cool. discovery scene. I know it's cliche, but it's. Amazing, and especially for Evil Dead movie, the way they go down, yeah, find everything, and you get like the whole lore and that yeah. real quick, yeah. But yeah, nothing was like down your throat. Well, the three kids grabbing pizza during the earthquake, yeah. park the car, uh, the 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 earthquake opens up a hole in the floor of the garage. The sun goes down and finds, and again, I'm like, how did the Book of the Dead get in that bank vault? But it's explained. He also finds a couple of vinyl records. Yeah. He's a uh, hobby yeah. DJ guy, so a vinyl records are going to get him excited. And these are the same vinyl records I think we've seen in at least reel-to-reel -reel tape form where it's the explanation of what this is and the incantations. And he gets it up to his room, and guess what? He brings uh, the spirits into his home. And they possess his mother... And then uh, one by one, she's trying to pick those kids off and turn them into you know a deadite. Mm -hmm. And it is... I had heard that that, uh, that Evil Dead remake from a few years ago was very, very gory and creepy and stabby. And I, uh, I don't know how this measures to that. But I will say that this has got buckets, gallons, rivers of blood. Yeah. <laughs> I think the remake had a, like a, a, I don't know if it made a record, but they made a point to tell you how much gallons of blood they used. For they the used 2013. Yeah, they used a lot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I want to say, and Kyle will probably correct me if I'm wrong, but I know... He might say something because he's he he knows a lot about he the knows, franchise. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to say that the records. I don't know if they're the same as the tape reels from the first one because it's a different book. Yeah, right? it's a different guy. They well, there, there are three books. Yeah. Right? We learn in, in the lore yeah. of the yeah. universe. Right. There are three books. One of them found its way to the cabin yeah. from the original right. films, and then one of them found its way to this bank vault. But it does the same shit when you oh, say yeah. the same <laughs> words. Now, and I told because Brooke uh, Brooke saw it and she was like, "You have to mention this." 
we when we did Meat Book for CC7D 2008. We used a vinyl record. And it was very much more of a oh. jokey thing where we did pretty we, much. Now, were you doing like the backmasking yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Were, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, that's funny. Oh, yeah. uh-huh. I can send you the link. It, it, we had, it, it was really jokey. Like, I think backwards it said roll a joint. <laughs> and, uh, but I didn't say anything to Brooke. And she was like, why didn't you tell me they stole from me? Brooke? I was like, I was freaking out. Nobody in the We have a like, lawsuit. Yeah. <laughs> this what is what's the... the main difference with this film and all the other ones is that it's not rando kids at a cabin that might be coupled up or whatever. Although we get a little prologue that shows you that. Like, True. Uh, okay. Yeah. That is worth mentioning. One thing. I quickly turned to Laura. I was like, "Why does everything have to be a triangle now? Everything's a triangle." Oh, they the A-frame. A-frame. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that intro. Oh my God, the title. Yeah. The, the oh yeah. That was... Well, I'll finish this thought. Yeah. This is a family. This is blood relatives, yeah. mother yeah. and daughter, and kids and sisters, Aunt, sister, estranged. And, and to me, that automatically raises the stakes. You know what I'm saying? If you ki- well, if, if you have to st- uh, impale your sister, yeah. With a, a metal pole through her mouth out the back of her head. Right. That's going to probably carry a little bit more emotional weight for you than yeah. a guy mm-hmm. that you might have met on the way to the cabin. Yeah, right. Now, what, Josh, you're referring to is that there is a bookend gimmick yeah. here that gets you to the woods in a cabin. And um, you see this opening scene where a girl yeah. has been possessed and kills all of her friends. And then it says one day earlier. Yeah. yeah. So then the bulk of the film is what's happened. And then at the end of the film, of course, that same girl is headed to yeah. the cabin and you see how it all gets right started. off the back. I appreciated all the, the references. Then they're not like they're not too like shoehorned in. It's her reading what the, the girl's reading, just like in the first movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The uh, of course the cabin, which is it's cool because it's like okay, we're gonna throw that in there and give you that reference. It's so classic, but we're not gonna stay there. Right. Uh, I mean, it's I love... also 2023, so we need to have a drone. You yes. know, We need to yeah. have yeah yeah yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> yep. Yep. That... But that title card, oh my god, that got me so excited. I like visually. It was, was a great like, image. I yeah. I agree that like when, when that when that hit, I said, wow, that like just visually, that was a really and I, and I'd say overall, like that this this film impressed me on many levels. I'm you know I'll just come right out. I, Go ahead. I really enjoyed this film. I did too. I think this is a very um, unique addition to mm-hmm. the Evil Dead universe, but one that at the same time has enough connectivity to it yeah. that it feels like... I think this is like, you know, you, you always get... Or I, I always get worried when we're talking about, like, let's take some franchise that really, you know, had a very specific identity, very yeah. specific filmmaker, you know, Raimi, Campbell. Mm-hmm. The, sla- guys, the slapstickiness of it. Yeah. Well, yeah, An right. element. And let's let's do it now with a new set of people and a new thing. Mm-hmm. It it gets me a little concerned. But this is just like a textbook case of how you can do that really well. It's yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. No. And yeah. and just so it was really pleasing to see yeah. it pulled off that nicely. It's such a precious franchise, and to me, both of the movies we're covering uh, tonight are very special to me because they're both they're the first two horror movies I can remember ever watching. Is oh, that right? Yeah. I mean, oh wow. Yeah. The original Evil Dead and then, and then the yeah, Exorcist, yeah. which we'll do in a second. Yeah, my uh, I used to stay at my grandma's house on some weekends and me and my brother Roger, we uh my uncle had his movies there and so we picked out Evil Dead and Exorcist. <laughs> we watched Evil Dead and I was like, this is nuts. This is fucking yeah. I was a kid. Like so it's so special to me in that way. The and first then, one? Yeah, the first yeah. one, yeah. I mean, in all the, all of them, really, to the show. But Army of Darkness was great. And when yeah. I later understood it more and for, like, the tributes to, like, Three Stooges and Slapstick stuff, so, like, the, the franchise is super precious to a lot of people, especially me, because of that history. Yeah. So 
when I saw the remake, and I know Kyle feels different. I'm, I keep referencing Kyle because me yeah. and him go back. Yeah, I know. That's, <laughs> uh, he'll join us in After yeah. Hours. You should join uh, us um, I didn't like the remake because I felt like they didn't know if it was a continuation or if it was a remake. And and it just didn't do much for me. So when I saw this one, me and Brooke were talking about my friend Brooke. We're saying we walked in with low expectations. Right. You know, and walked out very, very, very pleased. pleased. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. great. Uh, I, again, I want to tap on this whole family thing. Mm-hmm. And also the, the Deadites and the original even De- Evil Dead, of course, um, destroy the bridge. There's no place for escape. In the apartment complex, they're up on an upper floor. Yeah. The elevator's not working correctly. And the stairwell, ha- it's, it's gone. Yeah. Just like, you know, just <laughs> yeah, like. The well, there has point. been an earthquake. It's yeah. a dilapidated right. building. They, that- nothing feels like, like dumb or out of place to make it convenient every like you said in the beginning they're throwing these little things to yeah it's a dilapidated let, building let me hide the scissors yeah, under well, the bed and, and yeah. the, the scissors the are sister, coming back later the sister being a guitar tech like yeah. she's able to kind of jerry-rig the equipment yeah. to be able yeah, to yeah. play it later when they don't have power it's I mean, well thought out it's yeah. absolutely yeah. i mean it's just like every character has the kid being a dj the mm-hmm. the um you, you know all the sister having that baby doll that she, i mean all the little elements that kind of got put into play felt organic and yet so useful and functional when they were sort of used later on. I thought the family itself was a really like believable, believable and like dysfunctional in certain ways, but also clearly they love each other. They spent the time to make you feel for them. Yeah. Yeah. And like Joe was saying, it, it feels a lot more than just couples. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you're, you're really like, Oh my. And then, so when you start seeing this stuff, you're like, God, I can't imagine me having to like try to kill my mom or right, like my, right. my sister. Well, in a family that's already in a certain amount of distress because yeah. they've just the dad yeah. is left just like a month or so ago, right? Yeah. It's like two months, I guess, after the dad is left yeah. based on when the sister is saying that right. she got the phone message that she never paid. You know, um, you, you get that all set up and it's like it's very efficient. It's very economic. It, so it, it's not like it, you get bogged down in that yeah. exposition, but it all gets exposed it's all there and then you're set up for this really great scenario i mean great and heart-wrenching at times and also gut-wrenching where you know yeah you get those character relationships these are kids who are trying to learn how to cope with just having a single mom and now their aunts come back and she's like clearly a figure of support for them so they're kind of happy about that and Luckily, she did come back because <laughs> yeah. without her, yeah. they would have you know, yeah. stood yeah. no chance there. Yeah. I mean, she becomes, to skip ahead, she becomes the hero of the yes. film. And kind of, to me, I feel like it's fulfilling for her and also for her to feel like she can be a mother. Well, that's know? it because yeah. at the beginning yeah. of the film, like we learn she's pregnant, yeah. right? The first yeah. scene that we're introduced to her, she's in a toilet stall at a you know yeah. rundown rock club, you yeah. know, the, which is really nicely done <laughs> you know like talking about art direction like yeah. the walls of the restroom yeah. felt very accurate yeah. to me yeah, and I've all been the rock to many clubs. of those yeah, exactly yeah. but she's taking a pregnancy there test. she is taking yeah. her pregnancy test while you know like one of the other uh you know uh tech, tech crew or whatever yeah. is pounding on the door like hey where's that guitar yeah. like oh i put it on stage left where i told yeah. you i put it you know the other thing i think that makes this film really good is the acting uh, yeah. Alyssa Sutherland plays Ellie, the woman who is the, the mother who is possessed. And once, especially, I mean, she was fine before, but once she goes into possession mode, mm-hmm. it is not played for comedy at all. It is just there are her- a few. No, I, generally, you're right, bit, but yeah. like, especially when she slips into being mommy again, or oh, she's yeah, trying yeah. to do that. Like, sure, the, I got some laughs. I, it, I did not feel like this was. It certainly is not as madcap as. Evil Dead sure. or Evil Dead 2 or Army, Army of Darkness, Darkness yeah. 
But there are moments of levity in here, even in some of the most brutal sections yeah. of the film. But we know yeah. that they are a family that doesn't own guns. It's never really had to do any kind of hand-to-hand violence. Yeah. So they're trapped in that apartment right. with the very you know, smallish apartment with the mom who has all these powers that we've yeah. seen in the free- previous films and is coming after them. And I enjoy the slow reveal of them understanding what yeah. the rules are going to be that they're yeah. going to have to live in to get through this thing. And I also enjoyed the idea that the the apartment is clearly low rent, low income, dilapidated, but there are a few other people on the floor that yeah. come in and do mm-hmm. some things that need to be done in a very, very good way. It all comes together so, so really well. Yeah. To the third act, the the final showdown, which I, to me was just great, just yeah. incredible. Yeah. Uh, with with the sorry to, to like on the fi- the family dynamic, feeling like the kids right away were still very sentimental and they thought their mom passed, so they put her in a bed. Right, you know what I mean. And all that is very good for like how she's still in there, how she's gonna like infect one of the other ones. Uh, but yeah, it's like you get to go through that emotional, like those emotional moments with them. And they think their mom's dead, and then they're surprised when she's like up and awake. Yeah, the whole egg scene was incredible. Like, like you said, there's it's a little bit of comedy, but it's also very, very creepy. Oh yeah, no, yeah. I mean it's it, it. Yeah, there's there's a really I think the balance tilts towards creepiness yeah. and and darkness, but there is enough humor in there that that was another part that like okay, there th- this is recognition that we're in this universe, yeah. and there and yeah. there's some of that going on, which. I too, like Joe, did not see the 2013 one, and what I heard is that it was fairly humorless. Like it, it didn't. It yeah. almost tried not to have jokes and and laughs. Um, let's talk about some of the set pieces before we get to the grand finale, yeah, if ahead. you don't mind, because I think you know the, the horror films are often one of the many pleasures of horror films is those elaborately sort of constructed set pieces. I mean, first of all, I think the um, Ellie's undoing right in the elevator yeah. I thought was really well done like the yeah. elevator itself yeah. kind of becomes possessed yeah. and starts you know like the the wiring of it like takes place of the up. trees in the yes. previous scenes we right. know it so reminded well. me of the first one with the, the, the tree rapes the vines. yes yeah. though yeah. this one I did not perceive as much as a rape no it, no it was no yeah more, but no. yes very yeah. The, yeah. I think similar in that things that should be inanimate yeah. being oh, it's able a, it's to it's a clear homage yeah yeah um, but it, but it was just it was really played perfectly. Sure. She, I think you're right. Um, Sutherland does a great job acting that, uh, it, and it was just really you know like gut wrenching and compelling. I, did, I didn't know any of the cast, which I love. Yeah. I love seeing, especially for like a franchise movie. I love seeing that because I don't want to have any kind of preconceived sure. notions. Of- George Clooney wouldn't do that. <laughs> well, and they're, and they're both both the leads are Australian. I didn't check. Oh, Is really? Cronin Australian? He's Irish, actually. Um, so, it, I mean, it's interesting because you're yeah. right. These are kind of unknowns, and it, but it's nice because, look, when you have a universe that we know already, mm-hmm. like, you don't need to have big-name talent yeah. to sell me on it. Like, put new and unique characters into yeah. it, which they've done, and get good performers, yeah. which they've done, and I think that will carry itself, right? Yeah. I have a question about the rules. The sister gets turned because they traded blood, they, 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 like almost like an infection. Why did the sister turn? They got tattooed in the you, face. You, yeah. Oh, you mean okay? The daughter, like I, uh, the older sister, yes. the daughter of yeah. Ellie. Right. Yeah, right. Um, I mean that's a good question because she that, just gets scraped yeah. on the face. But didn't the mom go down and lick it or like? Yeah, that's what I assumed. I assumed yeah. it was either okay. her blood or her licking it, which. 
uh, Laura was even asking me, she was like, why didn't the other daughter get infected? And I think she closed her eyes. Which these are, to me, these are things in horror movies that you're like, we can nitpick it all day, but like, I really enjoy it. No, but it, I, you know? I think thought was probably put into that. Yeah. Right. And I, and I agree. I think it's more about she got infected. Something got in. There was yeah. that opening. and But and the blood in the elevator was not a transmitter? Well, that was, wasn't that wasn't blood that was from blood. the mother. Right, that was right, like yeah. th- where that came from. Who knows? Yeah. That, that was. Uh, I mean, that later when the elevator yeah. becomes a blood swimming pool. And a beautiful shining, yeah. a beautiful <laughs> shining, <laughs> yeah. almost like, yeah. shot for shot. The, when the doors open up and the blood. Yeah, I would out. think. I would think that I. I think deadite blood's a little darker and it's okay. like okay. more black. Yeah. To me, and in that, it was very, very red in the elevator. But yeah. I mean, I. I just don't get caught up on that not saying that you shouldn't because yeah. laura was asking me and i was like i really can't couldn't tell you but right because yeah. the sun turns yeah yeah and then but the youngest daughter yeah. doesn't okay oh, so man. so uh, you're talking set pieces? Well, another yeah. one that through the peephole in the door yeah. was well when, done i mean which they use in a few favorite. few cases but there is that extended sequence yeah. where she's taking out all the neighbors yeah. <laughs> when they, <laughs> they kill a kid and it kind of softens the blow a little bit if you're because you can't really exactly see it right the shy, yeah. Yeah. yeah oh my god having a whole scene in that like people like yeah. I thought it was so bold and yeah. they pulled it off so well they did also like her character that the mom did I like just looks so creepy in that point of view mm-hmm. you know what I mean like right I, I love that so much. I thought they. I was so expecting many... some sharp object to come oh, through yeah. the peephole and penetrate <laughs> yeah. somebody's yeah, eye. Yeah, you know, I thought that, that, that might happen. happen, and I'm happy. Right. Yeah. I didn't need to. Um, her, uh, you know, biting the eye out of the out of the, the neighbor, g- yeah. the neighbor's face, and then spitting it into yeah. the mouth of the other. Neighbor. Yeah. Now that was some comedy. Yeah. That was yeah, yeah, that yeah, was yeah, Brady-esque. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Um, that that was a, a wonderful one. To me, like I. I've seen few things recently that have made me like turn away and wince and like yeah. crawl up in my seat than the cheese grater on oh, the back yeah. of the, oh, yeah. the cab. I looked away several times because you guys know I don't like doing puncturing. Yeah. And there's a lot of puncturing. Yeah. 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 But that cheese grater, I, I did not see what happened. I, I, I did glance and see yeah, the Yeah, I, I turned effect. away. I yeah. don't know how graphic it got. No, I saw <laughs> the raw meat of the leg because yeah. she yeah. just takes a the box grater. Yes. And, Puts it on the, the promotion backup. for the film was cool too. With the, they were giving out mini cheese graters at the at the, <laughs> at the screenings. That's what I read. Oh really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, I I just want to mention the whole vinyl scene. Like the, that was amazing. Like yeah, hearing the the I don't know if you call it a seance. Yeah, because he's like reading from it. Yeah, and then the sister going back and like realizing like oh shit we're fucked. Like, yeah, like, he was basically like there's no way to go back now. And, yes. Like, uh, I thought that was great. I, me being and her having the headphones on so she couldn't hear yeah, the sister come yeah, through the, yeah, yeah. the overhead uh, ventilation yeah, system, right, yeah. right? Yeah, and that too, the development of like how the mom found out because of the cat. Yep, right. Yeah, yep. and everything was finally placed in yeah, there. Yeah, nothing seemed like super convenient. No, I mean, yeah. the, you could argue the vinyl. She no, was I like, mean, but in I, all it, of it, like in retrospect, but as it was being delivered, yeah, I never yeah. felt like, oh, that's an obvious yeah. Like, But then when it would come back around, I'd say, oh, perfect. You know, yeah. it was just like I really, really loved – we already said it. I, You know, how they set up this family, again, is like this kind of very realistic, dysfunctional family yeah. that clearly had – um, great love for each other, but also had struggles that were going on. That all of it got sort of woven together. Yeah. To be, you know, and and you know, this experience becoming a bigger part of that horror, but still, like yeah. there was already some problems there, things that we were you know going to have to deal with, even yeah. if they hadn't had right. deadites. <laughs> so, so the, oh, going back to Joe 
what he was mentioning in the beginning, like the family uh, dynamic, it was, I was worried that Laura was going to, you know, have a hard time because somebody kind of said like, oh yeah, maybe she doesn't, because she's pregnant. She's like yeah, seven right. months pregnant now. Uh, it didn't hit her as hard, but that scene where she's like uh, smelling her and she's like, you know, I'm going to take your soul. I'm and she's take like, oh, soul. two souls. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh God, I don't, and then the little girl, I was so worried well, that about was, the little girl. Like, I thought they were going to, I really did think she was going to rip the baby yeah, out. I yeah, thought there yeah, was going to yeah. be like a, yeah, yeah. That and then the little of, girl would be on her own. There's got to be a, some level of happy ending here. Yeah. It, well, it, does there? There was, uh, yeah. but I mean, sort of. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but they didn't do and that. The they keys, didn't go that far. The keys, the elevator, you kept yeah. seeing it. Yeah. And at the end, when they before the the blood elevator scene, when she grabs the keys, yeah. I was like, oh, that's great. Like yeah. I had already forgotten about the keys. And right, and why I, is I the door not yeah. able to? Yeah. But just it's a cool set piece that yeah. that's going on in yeah. the background. Yeah. Uh, again, just everything was so finely done, and that that ending scene in the parking garage with that. <laughs> Crazy, there we like, go. Yeah. yeah, tree chipper. There yeah. were two, which was set up before yeah. when yeah. they there were, were two initially things. in the garage, yeah. and you have that you know, Rumble, it was kind of there rumbling, yeah. and you're like, What the hell is that yeah, machine yeah. doing? It. Two setups that I knew there'd be a payoff to number one, when the little girl hides the scissors under the bed, mm-hmm. and the, the shot was focused on the scissors too yeah. much. To, there, there's scissors under the bed, y'all. Mm-hmm. Do you have my scissors? No, mommy. <laughs> yeah. And then the when you see the tree chipper, yeah. in the basement, I knew that that would. There's a reason why there's a tree, 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 a tree chipper in a basement of a dilapidated uh, apartment yeah. in Los well, Angeles. Well, th- and I think it was the neighbors, right? Because they make reference to his tools were down yeah. in the right. garage and right. stuff. So, right. like, they kind of do explain it later. But yeah. you're yeah. right. I mean, like, it's so. Um, whenever each of the family members is turned, the Evil Dead book, the Book of the Dead, mm-hmm. flips to the page that shows the graphic picture of what they're supposed yeah. to be. Uh, the middle sister with the, like a almost like a Last of Us kind of like octopus yeah. coming out of her mouth, yeah. uh, the mother herself, and then um, we flip to the idea that all of the dead people that are now back to life in the hallway chasing the yeah. r- 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 last two surviving family members are going to turn into what would you call that a um, final formation mishmash. <laughs> Say it again. Like a final formation dead eye. Yeah, yeah. final formation yeah, yeah. where like there's like a, a Voltron dead eye. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So uh, that thing comes down. Yeah. And that's when the two things. Number one, the tree chipper comes into play. Yeah. But also the chainsaw that would also you would expect yes. a tree trimmer to have around. Yeah. And when you see the chainsaw and the way that it's presented, yes. you're like, oh man, the that's, that's so well done yeah. for this Evil Dead franchise to incorporate a chainsaw yeah. in such a natural way that totally makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So speaking on that, all the references, again, I think I mentioned a few of them in the beginning. I was smiling really big when they all start chanting dead by dawn, dead by yes. dawn, you'll be dead mm-hmm. by dawn. And I was like, oh, this is great. Like, as Because it, it's good for somebody who's not as familiar maybe with the franchise. Right. But if you are a big fan of the franchise, there's so much in there for you to cheer for. Yeah. Even uh, my friend Brooke, she went and saw like the musical when it first opened in Canada. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, I never got to see it in Corpus, but she was like, there's so many references to the musical itself also. Uh-huh. So like, just being able to put those in and not make them way too apparent. Like you said, the chainsaw, it makes sense. But when you see that triumphant shot, you're like, yes, like this is yeah. e- this is Evil Dead. It, it fits so well in the franchise, but it also is its own thing. Yeah. It's one of the other books. Like, I just couldn't be more happy with it. And like yeah. I said, I walked in with, with low expectations. And, and well, I was going to say, lastly, I loved the 90-minute runtime. 
Yeah, yes. after Bo was yeah. afraid and some of yeah. the long new releases yeah. that we've been going through. 90 minutes tight, not anything yeah. wasted. I love that. Yeah. 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 It was and it was paced really well. I yeah. think that you know the opening is is probably the most dragged out part of it. Like that that mm-hmm. prologue that you get right yeah. right at the beginning is kind of slowly paced in its own way, and it made me wonder like, hmm, is this how it's gonna? But then once we got to the main story yeah. after the titles, it was very you know like we just moved along. Things got introduced, yeah. and I, I never sat there thinking like, okay, when is the next thing gonna happen? Because it just kept coming and uh yeah i agree joe like this kill this is very well structured it has to be the wood chipper because she she drives the chainsaw into the face and i mean yeah yeah that that's the one that sticks out the most probably because it's the climax of the film but that was that was awesome i think for me it is the uh, the elevator taking ellie initially just because it's like you know it's the first of the the film that you really get to see other than i guess that prologue piece but um but I just think it was really well done. Like you said, it it clearly ties into the universe with yeah. that, you know, the the trees in the in the first film. So, you know, I th- I think it was nice to see that that yeah. done. Yeah, yeah. Success uh, all around. Yeah. I mean, that, now, go ahead. Just, that that is a fun thing when, like I said, you go in and you're you're worried. Okay, are they just gonna you know use this name and ride on yeah. the coattails and yeah. do something very you know, oh, we'll make money no matter what. Yeah. Or are they going to actually take it seriously and and do something? And Cronin has proven himself. And I, like Joe, feel like I owe it to myself to see the hole in the ground here soon. Yeah, me too. And and even, I know he has some shorts and stuff, but I I think he's, and I don't know if either of you saw it at the Alamo. I did. But the pre-show was pretty good and they did have some interview clips yeah. with him oh, cool. and he comes across as a very thoughtful and uh, hor- like, horror soaked horror guy. soaked yeah. and just but like also like yeah like pop culture mm-hmm. so it, yeah. it, it, I, I'm very impressed I think that this will be a director who I'm going to want to see his sure. films I'm, I'm with you I'm I think with it's you. worth mentioning too because I know y'all have covered a horror movies in the last shit like year and talked about like them grossing oh. high numbers this one is already at like I think we, we just said earlier eighty six million yeah worldwide and to me it's like man like two weeks in that's you can't you like that's Whitten. horror is doing so good in box office yeah. especially after like COVID and everything and the the theaters people are saying the theaters are dying which I, when you have those numbers it's not dying to me no and I think I mean some genres like you know and I think yeah. people will talk and we can talk maybe after yeah. hours a little bit more about that but I think you know there I think there's truth in the like more straight ahead adult drama mm-hmm, kind of mm-hmm. film is suffering at the box office. It's it's struggling to yeah, find the audience yeah. that, that it once had. But I think horror, absolutely. Yeah. Superhero films yeah, yeah. <laughs> still do. Um, other action films. Yeah. You know, so there are genres I think that are doing just fine. Yeah. Animated films, Super Mario. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. So I mean like we have those but I, I do think there is something going on with like there's an art house slash adult drama kind mm-hmm. of thing that's not really finding its place and, it, and it's gone to streaming. It's gone yeah. to limited series. Yeah. It's, we're seeing less of those films. So, uh, Well, at the, on the can, froth, yeah. Frothy Beard said, we hope you enjoy this refreshing beverage. Now, David, it's we've got a, a big mountain to climb here. Number one. We don't want to put down a new brewery if we don't have to. I don't. I don't like going negative on the beers. You're gonna put this down. And number two, we have a guest here, and I'd hate to tell him that I didn't like the beer. So I mean, <laughs> uh, are we navigating a fine line here, or was this just overwhelmingly awesome? 
I don't think I'm navigating any fine line in saying this is a solid porter. Um, I and I, you know, I'm. I'm not going to tell you that it is doing something that I've never tasted a porter doing mm-hmm. before, but it is just, you know, occasionally you get those beers, but hopefully very often you get those beers that just do the style really well. Yeah. I think that's really good for the movie too. Like that's yeah. That's a good explanation of the there movie you as go. well. Yeah. yeah I don't so I, I feel like I did y'all proud at least. Did you did like, a oh, great for sure. Job. I'm, I'm um, very appreciative. And you said you had three and already enjoyed them. I knew my expectations were just where they needed to be. The high. Uh, David, uh, did you notice when you were drinking it that it kind of looks like the blood uh, of, of the dead? So some, I a, hadn't thought about that, but if you start acting funny, I'm going to know what's going it on is here. A perfect tie-in. Um, I don't have much to add to your well-said yeah. review of the beer there. This is a solid porter style, and if you find frothy beards back from the dead porter, don't be off-put by the funny can art that's very Evil Dead-ish. Yeah jump on it no you i mean if anything be attracted to it for that reason i, mm-hmm. I love it when a brewery knows how to uh put put a fun spin on their beer yeah. and that's definitely what they're doing here oh well this has been so far uh, fifth, uh we're batting a thousand yes it's it's one of those episodes and i kind of feel like we're in good shape to maybe okay. have a really good second half too uh but you know I'm, i maybe have to consult my rosary in the break just <laughs> before, <laughs> before i can say for sure Um, you know, th- we've already said what we're doing for the film in this second half. Uh, if you were paying attention in the first half, it got mentioned. But we did not say what beer we were going to be drinking, though you probably just heard Joe open a can and pour some in his glass. We're staying dark, folks. We're, we're not going on to anything lighter. I'm not going to, you know, throw down my crispy boy card here. Uh, I am instead bringing to the party... A beer from a brewery that we have enjoyed. You yeah. said this, this is our fourth time. Fourth time, so not quite the five times. Um, this is Tupps Brewery. They're out of the DFW area. Are they? They're not Dallas proper, are they? No. Um, McKinney. McKinney. Yeah, that's near the Dallas area. Um, but this is a beer that they make called Dive Bar Brunch. It is an imperial stout brewed with cold brew coffee, coconut, and cocoa nibs. It is, I'm trying to find the ABV, 9.8. Oh, all right. Escalation. From 6.66 to 9.8. We're going to feel this one a little bit more. Um, (laughs) It says, this brew will remind you of the local bar around the corner where you sing karaoke, the bartenders know your name, and you meet new friends every time you walk in. Pairs perfectly with stories from the night before. Well, not quite the night before we're going to be talking about, but it is a, a, a very nocturnal kind of film, ultimately, that we're going to be uh, discussing. Not a great tie-in, but, you know, whatever. I hope the beer will be good enough to yeah. hold its own. <laughs> um, so we'll, we'll be sipping on this. Any notes on the nose? Are you getting any of the... I, whew, I, it's sweet. A little, a little it bit of coconut. sweet to me. Like, yeah, coconut for like sure. Diner yeah. coffee. That's why I was Diner like, coffee. I couldn't, I couldn't place it, and then when you were reading it... Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, this well, should be fun to sip on. That's interesting. That's going to be an interesting conversation. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, <laughs> well, the film we're talking about is, of course, uh, as mentioned in the first half, The Exorcist. Okay. The 1973, now realizing 50 years old. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Um, 
a little premature because it did come out at the end of 73, but still almost 50 years. Um, directed by William Friedkin, mm -hmm. based on the novel by William Peter Blatty, who also wrote the screenplay uh, for it. This was uh, you know, a very successful novel that was adapted into a film and um, has a very storied production history that maybe we'll, we'll touch upon as we talk about it. But just to get it set up in terms of what's going on, for those who haven't seen the film, which is surprising at this point. What are you point. doing with your life? <laughs> I, I mean, this, this was one, of, you said it was one of the first. It's maybe not the first, but this was definitely an early horror mm -hmm. film, an early classic. Yeah. It, even though it was maybe only 20 years old when yeah, I was seeing yeah. it. It was, it was still kind of a classic of, uh, of the horror genre. But, um, you know, what we have here is the story of um, a, uh, a, a woman, uh, sorry, uh, Chris McNeil, who's played by Ellen Burstyn, who is an actress who's working on a film in Washington, D.C., sort of set around and maybe even shot somewhat on mm -hmm. the Georgetown University campus. Um, she has a young daughter, um, Reagan, who is played by Linda Blair, and Reagan starts behaving strangely. They start um, trying to find out what's going on, thinking it may be a neurological thing. Maybe it's going to, you know, doctors are doing all they can to kind of diagnose. Is it psychological? Is it neurological? Is it, you know, what, what, what's happening here? But all of the sort of Western medical establishment just can't put together what her problem might be. And then, you know, throwing up their hands ultimately point uh, Chris, uh, the Alan Burstyn character, to the fact that, well, maybe something that could be done that would at least shock her out of this behavior is to do an exorcism. <laughs> I love in that scene that doctor that's kind of been lead on on yeah. her case is, again, it's all hokum, but psychologically, right. she may then release from this right. fantasy. It may allow her to, right. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so then, um, you know, as luck would have it, she had been noticing this priest uh, who's, who's a psychiatrist, um, who kind of counsels other priests in, in you know, the, the Washington, D.C. area and sees him out and about, kind of takes interest in him. And that, that is uh, Father Karras, Father Damien Karras, uh, played by Jason Miller, who really was not much of an actor. Um, I think he was mainly a playwright and then like kind of got pulled into this. And anyway, all that said, when Karras gets involved, he's skeptical. He doesn't think exorcisms are a real thing he doesn't think it's something that should be done and yet once he meets reagan and starts talking with whatever reagan is at the time mm -hmm. that he's talking to reagan um becomes convinced and and sort of brings it to um the higher ups at the yeah. church and eventually does get sanctioned to actually perform an exorcism which is where we bring in a character who we kind of see in a prologue in in this film, uh, played by Max von Sydow, yes. Father Lancaster Marin, yeah. who um, is also an Indiana Jones style archaeologist, right? Who who is <laughs> and has performed several exorcisms in the past right. and is truly a believer and, and yeah. has seen what what can be done, and uh, and they go ahead about uh, performing the exorcism. So th that's kind of a capsule, and and I'm sure, like again, it says the exorcist in the title. Yeah. If you've ever, this yeah. was how I became aware of what exorcisms were. Honestly, right. this film, I, yeah. I I had never heard of them. Yeah. I think before seeing this film, yeah. I grew up Mexican, so there was a lot of like, <laughs> is that right? <laughs> There's a lot of like spiritual, yeah. religious, like 
and, 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 and typically in South Texas anyway, yeah. Catholic or Catholic adjacent. Yeah. yeah well, and yeah. I, I grew up in the Catholic church. I mean, I'm French Catholic, but um, yeah, I, mean, I don't remember like my parents or, or grandparents or anything talking about. There's so many, so many stories. But I, but, about, I, yeah. I, but I believe it. I believe it. I'll, I'll tell you a story. I was visiting my grandmother. I was probably in high school. Uh, my grandmother was the widow of my grandfather, Baptist preacher, Southern Baptist, Hellfire and Brimstone kind of guy. And I asked, hey, Granny, Granny, how you doing? She goes, oh, it's got something right here. And she kind of pointed to it, like a hitch in her side maybe, like something that mm-hmm. she's been dealing with. I go, what's going on? She looked at me in the eyes, serious as could be, it's a demon. Yeah. Now, I was raised in that. Yeah. And I saw The Exorcist for the first time at a uh, weekend Bible study where the youth group would congregate for like a slumber party at a youth group leader's home and they were all over town at the same time and the uh people that we were staying with our hosts when all the religious stuff was said and done they were going to go to bed and they said if you wanted to you can go walk across walk around the corner there's a blockbuster ish type thing there and we rented the exorcist (laughs) which they would not have wanted us to do and I remember the let Jesus fuck you scene yeah, yeah. <laughs> really, really yeah. made a huge impression on me. Oh, yeah. And I have not seen The Exorcist until yesterday, since then. Okay. Wow. I have seen YouTube videos yeah. uh, about the director's cut and the things that were added yeah. and more of the subliminal. I love all that kind of stuff. I actually got to see it in theaters when I got a little older. They re-released it and they added yeah. like yeah. a few things in right. there. Yeah. Right. It, it, that This film has made a big impression on me. So as I've seen it throughout my long life on all of the tops of the lists yeah. of scariest and freakiest and most demonic and da-da-da-da, I always concurred. Yeah. This is my first time with fresh eyes. And the first thing I'm going to say is this movie was clearly made in the 70s prior to the glut after this of exorcism movies. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. in the new, oh, yeah. no, in I new mean, exorcism yeah. movies, we just, she's possessed and we know, yeah. or he's possessed and we know what's up. I, in this movie, correctly, yeah. this uh, this very wealthy actress exhausts every measure mm-hmm. of medicine, yeah, which is where people would go, right, yeah. to figure out what's going on. And I loved that about this movie. It, I want the one point that sticks out to me. I was actually talking with a friend yesterday about the topic of like, and I and again, shout out to Kyle because I know he hates the word elevated horror. <laughs> yeah, he does. He I does. feel like everybody f- thinks that it's such a new thing for really great directors, like auteurs to make horror movies. And yeah. it's been happening forever. William Friedkin yeah. making The Exorcist and it being probably De Palma one of the great, yeah, 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 yeah. It, Exorcist is arguably the best horror movie uh, and I just feel Ooh. like I just it's I I, I mean it's, I think it's, it's really good but it's I, up that's, there for that's, me okay, okay. I, I just feel like it's nothing new and people now are like really really like into this whole thing and like I said like everybody says it's elevated horror it's nothing like to me well, I, when think, I, first I do think there's a you know there there is um, I think there are grades I think there are periods yeah. too like I think I think the seventies seemed like a moment where. Yeah horror started to be taken a little more seriously again yeah after yeah. like the, you had the the stylized horror of like the universal horror mm-hmm, of the third mm-hmm. that that had some real like you know whale and, yeah, and yeah. Lugosi and in that you had these great performances yeah. the, these hammer, great, the hammer films right oh, the yeah. expressionist yeah. kind of uh yeah. you know imagery yeah. um but then it kind of dipped and it became a little bit more of an exploitation thing yeah. and not to say that some of those aren't wonderful in their own ways yeah. but it wasn't 
like necessarily really serious minded filmmakers. It was like people who wanted to turn a buck and like, what can we yeah, do? Yeah, Roger you know, Corman the, kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or but w- then in William the 70, Castle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but who then we in, haven't done on the show yet. No, but in the seventies, you kind of had, I think, a moment where some like Friedkin and yeah. De Palma and some of these other directors started to think like, well, what can we do with the genre? Yeah. A genre that had titillated them when they were kids, yeah, and like, yeah. what could we That's do really with it? Point, that would. Yeah. And then the eighties, I think, the slasher kind of it it made it cheap and easy again in yeah. a way. And there were some great ones, but we all know there were like many, you yeah. know, also ran. You started kind of, off like Halloween, you started off with right. a great one and then yeah. it slowly so declined. I, yeah. I understand why people talk about the elevated horror thing these days, because I think we did just experience a moment where some more serious minded yeah. filmmakers yeah. started. But that said, it's a disservice in general to the genre to yeah. act like, Oh, that's the only time that we've ever well, elevated is such a, um, uh, a, signif- Kubrick, a signifier word. Yeah. Yeah. Elevated means better. Right. And that's not really the distinction that should probably be made. No. But I, I know it, William Friedkin thinks very highly of his work, and, and right, rightfully <laughs> so. Well, okay, so this yeah. one, though, yeah. if elevated horror is a thing, would be in that category because all of the subject matter, matter at all times is being taken seriously. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, from the... Now, I, I did a little research because I learned that I watched the director's cut. I just uh-huh. I just clicked on The Exorcist. Yeah. I watched the director's cut. That the, the main signifier is that the Iraq scene is at the very beginning. In the original theatrical, it opens up directly in Georgetown, and then it cuts over oh, really? to the northern Iraq yeah. scene, okay. where the a little statue of Pazazu, yeah. Pazuzu, Pazuzu yeah. is the demon that's inside so of her. So when I was a kid and I watched it, that confused the hell out of me and my brother. Because I, I think we saw the one with the opening, the archaeological scene, and we were like, what the fuck? I thought this was like, uh, you know, we had seen the trailer, I think, and I was so confused because I didn't know that, you know, to me, yeah. it started off on this, like, archaeological, like, scene, yeah. and I was like, what? Where's the demon girl? Like, yeah. I was so confused, but when I rewatched it and looked back, I'm like, man, what a great, great, like, setup. Oh yeah, and, and I'm looking at Wikipedia now. I'm, I may have that wrong. I think you might. I, okay. am not I think an I think that is. I I think that's the theatrical uh, cut. Okay. That yeah, you're yeah, yeah. About. But I did read a, a see a video, a YouTube video about how the director's cut has more of the little. They added in half Pazuzu. of a second, um, little uh, subliminal cuts. Yeah, okay. they, they the little quick and they flashes. they seem to be so. Fuck, I don't know what I watched. And the spider crawl, I, I believe, was the spider crawl was, was in yeah. mine. Yeah, which I think they added that in. When right, I saw it in theaters. because in yeah. the theatrical cut they had to take it out, as I understand. Yeah, because you could see the wires, and they that did not—they did not have any digital though, erasing at, yeah. the, at the time. Yeah, yeah. But when she comes down those stairs and then just vomits all yeah. that blood, I mean, it's just—I saw that in the big screen. It freaked me the. F- like, uh, <laughs> that yeah. that movie still creeps me out to this day. And all of the tricks that the Exorcist—I I don't know if it invented them, but mm-hmm. it certainly put them all in one place to make it the landmark piece of cinema that it is. The. Uh, Bringing in pig noises and yeah. the, and the synthesized voices and the little subliminal cuts and the yeah. the straightforward treatment of something, this movie freaked people out when it sure. came out. And when you watch it now, with everything that we've seen between now mm-hmm. and then, it's maybe it's not going to freak you out quite as much. However, I can understand why it did because this religious subject yeah. matter, like I yeah. said, this. Story didn't start it in cinema by any stretch of the imagination, but started in horror about this topic. And a lot of people were seeing something really for the very first time. And then it was happening to a little girl. That makes it yeah. even more disarming. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, to, to me, the, you know, I think that there's a couple things that make this film sort of uh, especially notable for me, right? What, what, and, and things that actually I didn't appreciate much when I saw it when I was much younger. Like, I remember seeing it when I was probably like, 11, 12, yeah, like that, that was sleepover kind of thing. Yes, I believe it was in the context of a sleepover. And it was in the context of like, oh, we've heard about this film. Mm-hmm. We want to see this. And I think at that point I had actually seen quite, quite a few horror. I'd definitely seen some Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. I had definitely seen Friday the 13th. You know, so I had some grounding in some pretty overt, gory horror yeah. at times. But um, but I think the religious element of this one intrigued me because there weren't a ton of exorcist film. You know, there yeah. like Joe was saying, now it's almost like a little subgenre uh-huh. of horror to like the exorcism of Emily Rose, the, the post exorcist, exorcist yeah. you know, the exorcism of your neighbor next door, yeah. the exorcism, <laughs> you know, whatever. Um, but uh, the, you know, this felt kind of unique and like a little bit maybe scarier because mm-hmm. it brought in the religious element and also I was still in the Catholic Church at the time yeah, so I yeah. think even being a kid so so it kind of had that so that was kind of my focus when I saw it yeah. back then um you know seeing it again over the years it kind of changes and especially rewatching it just over the weekend to to get ready to record with you guys um it, what really hit me is how well developed uh, Karis is as a character, mm-hmm. you know, early in the film. And like his motivations, yeah. He's he's not just a guy who kind of shows up to to help with the exorcism. Yeah. He's a, a guy priest who has a guy. full kind of backstory yeah. with this ailing mother who he feels tortured about not being able to be there for. And you know, pay for her care, her care. Can't pay for her care. Can't be there physically with her because he's stationed. You know, he's in. Well, I don't know what you call it when you're a priest, but you know, you're. He was in D.C. Yeah. and he, you know, talks about maybe being transferred to New York, but she dies before that. Like, you know, it's so like his motivations or his like the the situation that he's in psychologically, emotionally, it really makes that character work in a way that I don't think I had appreciated when I, I didn't pr- appreciate mm-hmm. when I was younger. Um, the other thing I think that I didn't appreciate when I was younger is like the whole commentary around like you know the medical establishment mm-hmm. and like you know whether or not you believe in all the spiritual stuff yeah. there are things that modern medicine still hasn't figured out you know yeah. i think that's like a, anomalies yeah and we know that's still going yeah. on right there are still people who suffer from things that we haven't quite and i know we're you know again we work on it and i'm not i'm not saying i don't i go to my doctor i do that yeah. but there's plenty out there that cannot be fixed by western medicine mm-hmm. And this film is as much about that as it is anything. Is like yeah. what happens when you're exhausted? Well, you go to these kind of spiritual remedies, and what, and yeah. and what if like, you know, we're living in a world where that is frowned upon. That's not something that's going to be easy yeah. to do. And she struggles to get this done, and and ultimately does, but it's only because of persistence. And yeah, I think what adds to it too is William Freakin was like Freakin was very into it and he researched it and was I think he later did a documentary about exorcism yeah you're right he's, he's totally the, the, like fairly recently yeah, just yeah, in the yeah, last yeah. decade I think he's yeah. very dedicated to to that subject matter me being a kid like I said like to me all of that was true to me it was like as a kid exist. as a like, kid I was thinking more like what happens if one enters me yeah you know, like what yeah, if yeah, I'm yeah, Reagan yeah, yeah, that yeah, was yeah, that yeah. was how I was yeah. watching it when I was a kid yeah. yeah and why Reagan because she uh 
happened to be playing with a Ouija board when the demon was released to be into somebody, or it's just a random occurrence? Or I think we don't she opened know. up some kind of gate. Yeah, you know? I don't know. I, I and, mean, I, yeah. To, and just worth mentioning, Linda Blair's later career, she did uh, Savage Streets, with, Savage Streets, which is like a revenge film, one of my favorites oh yeah uh, yeah but just to see her from exorcist to in that movie oh it's, that's interesting i've never totally seen exploitation uh awesome you should check it out but just linda blair's career like to see her go from being reagan to later watching her in like this badass role but no i mean that was so creepy too because it's like from the age i was at relatable it's like oh man like you just said like that could happen to me holy shit yeah like, the yeah fear of of all that in you. And, and like I said, I believed that it was all true. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Parents and, and family members telling me stories, demons exist. Like, this is true stuff. You got to be careful. My mom was, was your like, family Don't. superstitious about like salt or breaking mirrors? Or- uh, a little bit. I think my mom, a little bit. Yeah. Not not crazy, but my mom hated Ouija boards. She was like, Don't do yeah, not bring was, one of yeah. those in my house. That was like, my folks yeah, too. yeah. 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 I've got a short story about a Ouija board in my head that I'll make someday. And, and I do think, you know, the performances in this film are strong. Even, you know, like, again, Karis, I think, has really done well. And it, and it helps that it's a guy who I don't know from anything else. You yeah, know, like, yeah, this is yeah. the one role that I know of his. They had approached he, Al Pacino and many other high. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. like, they were trying, but they couldn't afford it with the budget. Yeah. So they cast it's this It's probably unknown. for the better. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I, I absolutely think so. I, I think it would be distracting almost yeah. to have that be a, car- a an actor I knew yeah. from other things. Um, even Ellen Burstyn, who I do know from a few other things... I think this is probably the main role that I know her for. You know, right, probably and, the first one. And um, of course, Requiem she, for a Dream, yeah, no doubt. Yes, that, uh, his uh, Friedkin's first take or first w- desire was Audrey Hepburn. Really? Yeah, okay. Like they were going for prestige. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, the Godfather just dropped. You mm-hmm. know, we're trying to make something big here. So, right. yeah. yeah. One point I wanted to, like, I guess the relating of the movies with demons. The thing that is one of the creepiest elements is the way they attack you with, like, your personal life. Like, in Evil Dead, the Deadites kind of, like, yes. try to play on the mom, you yep. know what I mean, the relationship. In The Exorcist, I think she even tells the the younger priest, like, she, she uses his mom's voice, his, like, deceased mother's voice. Right. And that shit is so fucking creepy. Oh, yeah. Like, like the idea of, like them tricking you in that way it's yeah. so fucked up well Karis is having that crisis of yeah. faith and uh, I think Ellen Burstyn's having her crisis of faith in her atheism you know mm-hmm. uh, that I'm going to have to go a different route than I ever yeah. thought I was going to have yeah. to do for the sake of my child which I would do anything for Karis uh, a Catholic mm-hmm. priest is has said my said several times my inability to care for my mother the way that a priest would care mm-hmm. for someone in their flock is is making me doubt my faith yeah I think the exorcism and that that is real firmly snaps his faith back yeah. into place and then gives him the opportunity to martyr himself. Yeah. Come into me, come into yeah. me um, to help his family that he when he could not help his own. Yeah. And I, I think all of those story things, nothing hits you over the head. I mean, yeah. the, the, the you said the acting. When Linda Blair is in full possessed mode she's yeah. fantastic i oh, mean yeah. she, i know there's voices and there's tricks and all that yeah. but she is fantastic for a child actor 
Yeah. More so than she is when she's just normal Reagan. Yeah. You yeah. Know, in my in my opinion. I mean but, that stuff was very yeah, like hard I, I on her too. Movie made a big impression on me. Finally yeah. watching it again, and uh, I'm so glad that we chose it because I think this has been a perfect pairing. I've read that they had an original poster that wasn't like it was, t- like they didn't let it happen. That and that this could be not true or it could be myth, but there's supposed to be a poster that was just the hand with the bloody crucifix. Oh, up wow. in the air, and I was like, I need that poster. <laughs> the, I do love the iconic image oh, yeah. of uh, you know Father uh, Marin showing yes, up. I that mean, that, so that's classic. the, the yeah. sort of backlit with the purple uh, font. Oh yeah. yeah, I mean, my friend used to have a, a picture of Reagan poster on his wall. He, I could, I cannot, could never like stay in that room like that. I'm telling you, that movie still to this day creeps me out. Yeah. I would never hang that poster. Like, I like the more classic, the one you're just talking yeah. about. Or if I found the crucifix one, I'd probably get that. Just, yeah. Just how intense it is. But no, that image of Reagan still creeps me out, still haunts yeah. me. Like, it's yeah. it's a powerful it's a powerful image, um, and a, and a powerful film. I think, like Joe said, that you know, it it's you can't deny the fact that since then we've seen so many other variations and mm-hmm. and, and really like intensifications yeah. and of good some parodies, of stuff good parody <laughs> scary <laughs> movie too yeah had one of the or i think it's part 2 had one of the greatest yeah. parodies with i think it was Dennis Larry maybe okay he plays uh, the father yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and he walks in and she like does the whole possession thing he's like oh fuck no and he walks out <laughs> like so yeah it is yeah. very iconic definitely yeah. But but that said, like you know, I this it still has a charge for me, and I watched it. I, I mentioned to you guys chatting before, like the night that I watched it happened to be a night that we had some pretty powerful oh, yeah. storms yeah. rolling through, so it was kind of perfect. Where yeah. it was like, you know, the, b- pounding rain and wind and thunder, yeah. and it's just like all of that going on while I'm watching this. I'm like, this is you know still a really solid film. And again, the build up, the characters are there. There's you know those real kind of like you know themes involved in terms of like like i said the medical establishment versus the unexplained the the sort of like you know a son's feeling of having failed his mother Mm -hmm. and like again family is a big theme here in both of these films and i think they play it really really well like and and you know joe's right this is in some ways like a better pairing than i even thought it was going into it just given all of the kind of family entanglements yeah, that yeah. become part of the horror Definitely. in both of the films. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it was a great pairing. And also, it's like I said in the beginning, it's wild because, again, Evil Dead and Exorcist are two of the earliest horror films I remember watching. Yeah, that's you know funny. I mean? so yeah. Like, yeah, they're both very special to me. Well, David, don't tell me the first horror film you ever saw because I'm going to ask you in After Hours. Okay. Uh, I don't know if I'll be able to <laughs> tell you. But, uh, <laughs> that's called a cliffhanger. Well, okay. So we are batting 75% here. And I wonder if we'll be as uni- unanimously loving this Tupps Brewery dive bar brunch. It's good. It's tasty. It's it's pretty delicious. I don't know if I could drink more than one uh, can. Yeah. But that that can be the curse of yeah. a uh, imperial style yeah. sometimes. So it's like one to get you there. And then but I mean, you said it's nine point something. Nine point so eight. I yeah. don't know if I should have more than one. No. Yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. No. I mean, I'll, I'm going to be honest here. I don't think this is bad, but I think there's something about the way that the coconut plays with whatever hops they're using that, like it, and I, I, I don't know. It just it leaves the wrong taste in my mouth on the back end like it's, the, it's the, a thinness 
Yeah. And then there is a flavor mixture here that tastes medicine-y. To, to me. I don't know about medicine-y, but but it's it's off chemically maybe That's right. is, is a Something way to say like that, it. Like yeah. it just as I drink it, it's like the initial sip is good mm-hmm. and then it kind of washes down the back of my Smells throat. Smells real nice. But as it sits on my tongue, it just kind of leaves this yeah. like faint kind of and I I haven't really like it, which is I like coconut and I like it in we've some beers tons a lot. Of coconut Death beers, by Coconut ones. by Oscar Blues has always been a favorite and you know, we've had others on the podcast that I've really liked. And this one just feels a little disappointing. And from a brewery that I really love and yeah, respect, that's right. and, I, and I think like generally I've been really impressed by, this feels like a little bit of a disappointment. I went over to um, Untapped to see what the reviews were. Like, okay, are, are we yeah. alone in this? And there's a lot of four out of fives, you mm-hmm. know, giving it that. And they're probably drinking it. Some of the photos I saw off off on the tap somewhere. Yeah, we're drinking this one out of a can, of course. So, up putting it next to like Imperial Stouts, I know you all probably have more experience. Is it not up to like the standard of what you would? Uh, we've had dozens and yeah. dozens yeah, I mean, of better imperial I, I'd say I've had be- yes, yeah, many yeah, better yeah. imperial and, and part of it, I think Joe is right, like part of it has to do with the body. Like I often like it to yeah. be a little heftier. This one is a little thinner in its yeah. body. Also that flavor note that I'm getting at the end yeah, that can't just feels a little it, wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know, like it's just, you know, if you're going to throw adjuncts in there, you got to be really careful about balancing them just right yeah. and getting them to interact the right way it can be done beautifully and like those you know dessert pastry stouts yeah. that that we kind of geek out over from time to time like we've had some great ones over the years this one i would not put in that category this one i would say like mm, this is one that you're probably you know like if you're a real imperial stout lover like yeah give it a shot but yeah. you may not love it well i'm gonna try any craft beer that you put in front of me one time yeah just gonna happen but here's the thing. I'm not even going to call this like a terrible taste of failure or any kind of thing that needs to be no, washed no. out. We love Tups and Tups. You're going to come back on the show. And the next time you do, you're going to become a member of our Five Timers Club. And then we'll send you your certificate. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get away from the diner coffee feeling. Like that's that's mostly what. Yeah, I mean, it's in interesting head. because I'm not. I I know the coffee's there and I smell it yeah. in the nose, but I'm not getting the coffee. I think it's because it's getting drowned out by the coconut yeah, and whatever. Yeah. Else. But you're you're probably right. I mean, if I could focus more on the yeah. coffee, I yeah. think. Yeah. I'd Well, I think it's it's like somebody poured too much coconut creamer into the coffee. <laughs> that's yeah. an interesting way to think about it. Yeah. <laughs> so the best thing though is that this show is not over yet. The conversation does not end here. You're going to find us on all your favorite social media stuff. I'm going straight, though, to After Hours because, David, I feel that After Hours is getting better and better every single week. Can I do a Wolf of Wall Street reference? Uh, we, I'm we, not going anywhere. I'm going to do After Hours. You are going to do okay. it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I didn't know why I'm you weren't going leaving. Anywhere. I didn't know why you weren't leaving. I can't wait to get yeah. Kyle. Yeah, our, yeah. Our, I'm our excited to chat with him. Empresario's yeah. take on Evil Dead. He... We gave him a bait and switch last week, and he got mad at us on After Hours, and we told him. (laughs) But Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, although we're not very active there, and Discord's also a fun place. If you go to Discord and you type in beer and a movie, the conversation continues. You can find our server, and we'd love to have you there. If you can't find it, just DM us on any of the things I just mentioned, and we'll get you the link. And merch, David. We have merch. A beer in a movie t-shirt, a beer in a movie coffee mug, a beer in a movie wall clock. I don't think that exists, but it should. That should. Uh, it's always time for beer or a movie. Uh, you can get that at our website, beerinamoviepodcast.com. Did I say that right? 
What's our website? <laughs> I'll have to look it up. If you don't have it Beer, written down, it's not right, written down over here. This is yeah, I don't know why. Beer in a movie podcast.com. I got it right. And also, we know you're listening on that favorite pl- platform. Wherever you're listening to this right now, just scroll over real quick and give us the highest review you can there. Maybe leave a review. It helps the algorithm. Do what it do. That's exactly right. So, though, until next time. Lick me. Lick me. Lick me. Lick me.